So welcome to this podcast. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Erin Shepard. I found her on Instagram. I don't even remember how I found you. Just fate, I guess. It was fate. <laughs> I love all of her material and um, it resonates with me and I know for sure it's going to resonate with you. So I'm going to introduce her and today we're going to talk about transition time, right? Erin, is it transition or transitional? You know, we can really call it whatever we want because we kind of are making it up, but I'm, it's super important. So I think of it as like transitional time. I love it. And it, you, you're going to love it too, because it totally makes sense. And I've been much more aware of mine this week, which is, which is fascinating, but Erin gave me a little bio of her and I already feel like we're, we're very good friends. Um, so Erin said out of high school, she made a promise to herself. She would always keep her greatest accomplishments ahead of her. It became her personal mantra to stay humble and work hard. Erin feels at peace and has continued to keep this promise to herself. Erin is a licensed clinical social worker and has been practicing therapy for 11 years. She's worked as a crisis worker in the ER, a family therapist in oncology unit with healthcare, and she's not only worked with youth in state that are in the state's custody, but for the past three years has focused on maternal mental health. Erin is happy somewhere under a big blue sky. This is where we are like identical twins. True. Yep. Erin <laughs> yep. tries to spend as much time as possible outside. She's a mother to four among all of these other accomplishments and chooses daily to spend time playing with her family. She's married to her constant adventure partner. Together they bike up mountains, ski down mountains, and run through the mountains. Erin talks to her dog like a dear friend on a regular basis and her running shoes and a sturdy hair elastic elastic on her most valued possessions. I love that. Welcome, Erin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing this. This is, I'm just happy to be here with you. So whatever we talk about is going to be great. Hey. Yeah. Um, so tell us about transitional moments in, in motherhood and life, because this is applicable to everyone. Everyone. And I think even more so right now, like in our current climate, because so much of our lives are kind of like intermingled, right? Like a lot of people are homeschooling or working from home still. And so those things really kind of overlap. Um, so a couple years ago when I really started seeing clients, so my practice, I see women typically at, in the evening hours, like after kids have gone to bed. And so that was kind of a way that I could be home during the day with my own family, but then also kind of provided clinical services for women that also needed that flexibility in their day. And um, as I kind of began doing that, it was a lot, as anyone that works from home knows, you know, it's hard to go from like a load of laundry to answering an email to helping somebody with their homework to picking up a spilled mess. And I kind of just found myself feeling like I wasn't ever getting anything done and everything was just constantly undone around me. And so this was kind of a little bit of a self-discovery, but they transitional moments are just kind of those in-betweens. So, you know, you go pick up your groceries and you come home and it's like after you turn off the car, but before you actually get out of the car to go back inside. Um, when you take that load out of the dryer and it's warm and it's fluffy and it smells good and you just kind of get to breathe that in and then usually you just leave it as a pile sitting there right because you don't have time to do anything with it right away um but that can be a transitional moment before a meal after a meal um usually we find them like in the consistent things that we do daily getting the kids off to school and then having that like three minutes when we walk back in our house or um I think I already said bedtime. Um, but I think kind of the first thing is just being able to kind of pick out when those in-between moments are for you. Um, they're not big. They're not a lot. 
we're all juggling a lot of things, but they are there and they're constantly a part of our day. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I love how you said, you know where your transitional moments are because it's usually when you're picking up your phone yes. to, and not picking up your phone. This is like the numbing picking up phone, yeah. like just mindlessly, mm -hmm. that mindless pickup, which now your phone has that data. Mm -hmm. where it shows you when you're picking up. But I mean, we all know, everyone knows when these transitional moments are because um, anyways, I'd like you to keep sharing. I have so much well, that I'm glad I've learned from it. Picking up your phone because so actually this is kind of a funny, maybe. Um, I had kind of gotten a little argument with my 11 year old, you know, because they're just like know everything and they're so full of attitude, right? So it was one of those kind of like mind numbing, difficult, arguments that just like she was emotional I was emotional and it was kind of like we just have to agree to disagree so I walked down the hall probably to go switch out the wash you know, <laughs> do a lot of wash in my day it's the example I keep using and what did I do I opened Instagram with no purpose whatsoever like I was just walking down the hall and then I immediately like stopped and I was like, oh, this is a transitional moment. Like I'm transitioning from that argument. Like, and neither one of us yelled, like there were no tears, like nobody was really hurt or upset. I kind of made it sound really dramatic, but like I felt the emotion and I needed a way to kind of put it behind me and I grabbed my phone. And so, you know, initially my examples were like, these consistent transitional times that are um, environmental, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're just a part of the structure of our day. But sometimes we have transitional times, maybe we've had an argument with someone, maybe we just forgot something and we were feeling really awful about letting that person down or missing that appointment. Um, so we also have transitional moments that are more emotional than they are environmental. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I, I, and I could be way off, which is totally normal. But for me, it was like filling the transitions with reconnecting with myself. Like when you said about like putting on chapstick, like little small moments of mindfulness where I'm re-acknowledging me. Like instead of getting lost in like the day, like you said, we just get lost in the mix instead of recentering, even just taking one big breath, like you said. And that, that almost like control, but yeah. not in a control way. And like, because when I'm centered, I feel very grounded and very in control, but not, not up to me control. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. But. No, it does. And I, I think it's that grounded piece of it. Um, a lot of times that's what we're seeking when we're trying to control is our footing. You know, we're looking for an anchor and we have that grounding piece. You know, it doesn't matter what's kind of thrown at us. We can roll with it because we have that, that centeredness. Yeah. Um, you know, and right there, you kind of brought up how these transitional moments can be an opportunity for self-care. And, um, I think that that's, so a couple of things about self-care, I'm just going to kind of step on my soapbox. Go for it. <laughs> um, I love that self-care has became so mainstream and talked about just in like normal conversation. Um, you know, it wouldn't have been very long ago before, like you would have said self-care and had to define it. But now it's just like, it's just this phrase, right? Like we, we all kind of have this understanding of what it is. And I think for the most part, um, we're open to like cultivating that and understanding its purpose in our lives. So all of that's amazing. But we've kind of gotten away from a couple of things. One is that I think sometimes we think self-care needs to be like these, these big um moments, you know, like a girl's weekend or going to get a massage or, um, being able to soak in our bubble bath at the end of the day. And those are all self care, but by and large, 
that's not the majority of the opportunities we have that make up self-care. And the second part of it is, is I think sometimes as women, and this is probably a little bit more culturally too, but we sort of want someone else to offer us the self-care. You know, I want my husband to say, hey, it's been a long week for you. Why don't you go for a run? Why don't you, here, here's your birthday. Here's your gift certificate to get a massage, right? So we kind of want to put it on someone else, but by and large, we need to offer ourselves self-care mm -hmm. and we need to be able to do it in the context of our just average mundane, basic day. I and love how you said that drizzle. You said like these have to be drizzled. Like facts. you said, they're not big meals. This is like a constant stream mm -hmm. of reconnecting with yourself. I love that. Just, just a little drizzle. Um, and I really kind of think of that because, you know, sometimes we sort of like, oh, putting on chapstick silly. That's not self-care. That's just like so basic. But if you love your chapstick, if you have really chapped lips, so chapstick's not silly, right? Like those are really important things. Um, right before, um, the pandemic hit, I mean, I, I don't really know how you describe that, that March like, when everything kind of shut down. COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the afterworld. Um, I had gotten a light fixture for my birthday, um, for our dining room. My birthday's in January. Of course, it took a long time to find the one I wanted. And then it took even longer to get it hung. So it was March before we got it hung. And we got it hung the week that like our school shut down. And I left that light on constantly um, because it made me happy. Mm -hmm. No one else probably even noticed it, right? Like my kids didn't care. But every time I was like, just at like the brink of no return in the chaos, I would like look at my light and I'd be like, I love my light. And so it is okay for these things to be silly. They aren't things that we necessarily have to describe or explain to anyone else. Um, but when we find them, hang on to them. They are so important. And so, um, you know, I think we kind of talked about like, chapstick and um, drinking a cold glass of water um, using your favorite lotion, you know, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And we, to kind of get your mind thinking about these, you want them to use your senses. Mm -hmm. um, if you can get them to use like multiple senses, <laughs> even the better. Well, yeah, like the chapstick, if you think about it, there's the smell, there's the texture on your lips, there's the, um, of that, but also you connecting with yourself and just not focusing on anything, but for that, you know, that focused mindfulness and just that, that, and, and like you said, looking at your light fixture, um, things that bring you back to something positive that makes you, and I think these are so important. Wouldn't you say, like you were saying in the beginning, for me, what you said about wanting someone else to give you self-care, I felt like that was it how I used to see it. And then that was still there in the beginning. Like, okay, I see that I'm going crazy. So I do need self-care, but it's still someone else's responsibility. Mm -hmm. And would you agree, or do you have a different theory about the culture of sacrifice and the culture of martyrdom that we're transitioning out of that, but we still are not like a full generation of how important self-love and self-care is. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're kind of in between, right? Yeah. I feel like we're me. I know me subconsciously is still, um, holds on to a lot of that. I'm, I am significant if I'm suffering, I'm helping others by suffering. Whereas I see my, my girls, which my teens asked me to not call them their teens because they said it sounds like a pet. <laughs> Your teen. So, um, some of my kids, for them, I feel like they're, they're like, why would you think that suffering would be good for anyone else? Like to them, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Doesn't you know? that just like heal your heart to hear like your kids being able to recognize that just um, toxicity of, of that notion, right? Like, yeah. They're like, that's actually crazy. 
<laughs> but like, I never had conversations like that with anyone when I was right. that age, right? So it, it does make me excited for the future. But I feel women in my age group, whatever that is, um, we are balancing like almost into the unknown, like frozen, right? Like pioneers. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I love that it is becoming more um, self-care is not selfish. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's, there's kind of an internal wrestling that takes place because, you know, I can't tell you how many times I hear women like describe to me what is like so difficult in their life for them. And then they sum it up with, but my mom had three more kids than I have. And they were closer together in age and like, she never struggled with these things. So like, I'm, I'm doing it wrong. Right. And so not only is there like, um, Dr. Julie Hanks uses a concept I really like, and she talks about how some things are taught and, um, you know, you're, you're taught to like brush your hair or make your bed or, you know, how to make meals. But then there are also things that are caught. And these are just kind of like the notions that we pick up on, um, the tones of conversations, the examples that we have around us. And so I think part of it is you're wrestling with that like, well, I've, I've caught this idea that if I put myself first, I'm sacrificing someone else. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then also kind of this idea that you know, generations before us didn't, didn't need it. But I, um, so right after I had my first daughter, this was before smartphones. So it was like kind of a different world. And I remember like spending so much time nursing her, right. And just not having anything to do. And my grandma was a great like family historian. And so she had made like all of these books and it was a story of like my great, great grandma when she was a little girl and she talked about how like they all had like dirt floored cabins and once a month, um, her aunt and her cousins would come to her house and they would move their furniture out and wet it and stomp it and pat it and sit outside while it dried. And then they would move everything in. And then the next week they would go to the aunt's house and do the same thing. And in my head, I was like, they were vacuuming. That's all they were doing. And it took them all day and they got to do it together. And I found myself like, you know, like in that beginning phase where you're like, I don't even have time to brush my teeth. Like <laughs> this tiny human's so demanding. Mm -hmm. And I remember being jealous of their dirt floors because it was like, they did it together mm -hmm. and they only had to do that one thing that day. And that one thing was a big accomplishment. And so I think sometimes when we're having that wrestle, we have to kind of realize that we are waging a completely different storm than they were. Their heart was hard. Our mom's heart was hard. Our grandma's heart was hard. Like it, you're not going to take that away from any generation of women, right? But we can't compare our hard to it because we do juggle so much mm -hmm. that it takes constant effort to have that grounding and that mindfulness. And that's really the key to self-care. Yeah. I love that. I was watching a, a coaching training and it was a Q&A and someone said, I work so hard and I don't get any credit. <clears throat> I mean, it was a man, but I'm like, that's every mom and woman. And, and he goes, well, let's address this because the problem is why are you working so hard? Why is this so hard? That's the mindset problem. You, it shouldn't be miserable. Life, I feel like that's the transition is life is not meant to be. Yes, we will always have hard, but that our tendency to make it, it has to be hard. And I have value if, if things are hard. Um, and I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, kind of that concept of like, you know, that busy badge. Yeah. Know, like I've had to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and I'm doing this, this, and this. And, you know, I love that. Like, why, why is why, it, why is it you you're in the wrong job is what he said. Like it should be pleasurable. And, and when I do that, when I, connect with, um, when I connect with God, when I connect with spirit, um, there's never, I have never once ever been told like you, you should be working harder yeah. ever. 
ever, ever. And so I'm like, why? This is cultural. This is ingrained. And like you said, caught, that's systemic, right? Like your worth is how hard you work. And, and I don't think we value what work is when you are a mother and a caretaker of other spirits. Work is different, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, um, I don't know if that's making sense, but yeah, it kind of reminds me of that phrase. Um, I'm going to slaughter it, but it'll work <laughs> that you can never have enough of what you don't need, you know? And so maybe that's an important thing to kind of look at is if there are too many transitions, right? If there are too many things happening that we aren't able to recognize our transitions, we don't feel like we have the space to transition. Um, maybe we got too much going on in there. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you're right. Like you can't that, that hard work idea. Right. It's, it's a, I mean, it's like amputeeing a leg off trying to live in the world and not. And I experienced that with just having my last baby. I did, I practiced sitting in. So I didn't go anywhere for 30 days. And my girlfriend, her gift to me was arranging meals from my friends. So two to three times a week, we had meals the whole month, not just a week, like the whole month. And I arranged rides for all of my kids, everything. And um, it was so easy for me to ignore societal rules and ignore the comparison trap because I'd suffered so much with postpartum um, depression and anxiety and all that stuff. I was willing to try anything. And I, so I really committed to it, but seeing the beauty of doing less and how much more connected I was not only with the baby, but with my other children and my values and priorities didn't get out of whack. Right. Like, and there's only a few transition times. Um, cause that is a very chaotic, that's a new job, right? That's <laughs> it's a new job description. Um, anyways. And so I've just been battling that with my kids with school right now is cause they're doing online school through the school system. And so it's a lot. And I have a friend that homeschools and I'm was getting really stressed. And she said, well, you need to look at what's your goal. What's your end goal for each kid with their education, which is hilarious. Cause it's what I tell my clients all the time about other stuff. But <laughs> I was like, I don't, I've never like my end goal used to be do whatever society does and fit in. And that's not my end goal anymore, but I also respect my kids agency. Like what, what is theirs? But so interesting. Cause I can see I, the only reason the schooling is hard for me right now is because I'm comparing a lot and then I'm worried that just goes like I was saying that systemic going back to we have to do everything perfect and we have to get everything in and I was like do we is it going to be okay if the first few weeks if we don't get everything turned in it's fourth grade right (laughs) this isn't law school bar exam (laughs) anyways no very true and I loved that you know when you kind of like shared your experience with sitting in um I just kind of want to map out that self-care route is that you identified your need. You recognized what you needed to do to meet it. And then that's when you let others in. So, you know, we kind of initially were a little bit talking about like how we look to other people to fulfill our self-care, right? Like they just need to know when we need the milk or they just need to know when we need, you know, the walk, but how eager and willing our support system is to help us and probably how loved that made you feel on that receiving end. But when you structure it in a way that like you recognize the need, you know, you do what, what you can do to, to make it it happen. Like organizing a month of carpool ahead of time. That is not a task there. Um, but by doing that, you were able to then have people help. And so sometimes I think we just get that so skewed in our minds, right? Just asking, but that's a level of self-care. If you don't ask 
And I feel like that those transitions become, we're not recognizing them, like you said, because there's too many, because we haven't asked, what is my goal here with physical activities for my kids? What is my goal with music? What is my goal with playdates? What is my goal? Because am I just going along with the flow and I'm overwhelmed or really assessed, you know, but I would say for me, the asking, you, you get so much better at asking because if they say no, it's not a rejection to me anymore. They just say no. Yeah. And no one said no. And I thought they were sacrificing and all they did, I'm the only one in our friend group with a baby. All they want to do is hold the baby. They would have made eight meals <laughs> to hold a newborn. And, you know, you just don't realize how connected we are. Like the dirt floors. That's such a beautiful, I love that. Like we used to vacuum together. It was so fun. You know, like not fun, but anything would be fun. I would describe it as fun, but just that like, you know, I look at like how much I love my aunt and my cousins and I think about how like when we get together we definitely could have made it fun like I'm sure it was a lot of hard work um but you're doing it together you know yeah and together is so much better and that's why I'm glad we're sharing this about this transitional moments because I feel like the more each of us on our own start practicing these um and it's going to be caught by our children like you said, Julie Hanks was my life coach, by the way. I loved oh, her. Awesome. Um, at the most expensive crying I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> the most expensive crying. I love that. <laughs> it was a very transitional, huge time for me. And I'm so grateful to her. Um, but like you said, that I lost my train of thought. But I just love, I love all of this. And I've been very mindful of it. Um, so maybe I'll share with you some of my favorite ones I've found that I, I was already doing. Um, so like right now, my morning ones are nothing because I have a baby. Um, but they used to be, um, I would oil pull and then I would scrape my tongue and then I would step on my acupressure mat and then I would meditate. That was my big morning transition before starting the day. And then I would do an afternoon meditation session. That was a big transition. But then I didn't have ones like in the car waiting to pick up the kids or after picking them up. I think I used to fill those spaces with like calling people just mm -hmm. to catch up, which is fun. But at the same time, um, I love the fact of like making, making ones. But right now with a baby, I'd say mine that, I picked up the chapstick one since you mentioned it and um, I've been whitening my teeth at night and I love it that I can't do anything. I can't eat because I used to be ignoring the transition time before bed because I was dreading the baby waking up. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So yeah. pret pretending it's not bedtime, even though I want it to be. And, but now like, um, what do they call it when you cluster clustering habits? So like, whitening my teeth while putting on my pajamas, while washing my face, while putting all the dishes in and clearing up the kitchen because that makes me happy. And I, I just, it's only been three days, but realizing, wow, how much I've been ignoring, how important, 10 minutes. Yeah. Just, just a few, a drizzle, right? Like a just... drizzle. And I, anyways, so those have been really great for me. I love the chapstick one. I love breathing, just doing a few breathing exercises or for me looking at a plant or mm -hmm. even just looking at my kid when they don't know I'm looking at them. Um, moments like that. Those are, those are great for me too, but I'd love to hear yours. Mm -hmm. Um, so just before I like go into mine, you kind of, as you were kind of telling yours, you made me think of something is that, um, I, in my mind, I'm going to see if I can explain this. It might be a little abstract, but I see these transitional times as like cycles. And so like in a cycle, it's a circle. And so sometimes we're doing these before something like your morning routine, you're doing that like before the kids get up before you get going for the day. And that kind of like grounds you and, and gives you that good start. And then there are times when we're doing things at the end. So like my argument with my daughter 
you know, I needed something to like package that up, right? Like I had to like take that stinky pile of garbage <laughs> outside, right? Like, um, and so our self-care can also be in the form of stress recovery as well. Yeah, I stress recovery for me, I'll go and lay on my bed. Like I'll shut the door and just lay on my bed for just a minute, two minutes, or especially on the ground and just feel the ground hold you and support you because mothering babies is hard. And I, and I, I tell my clients, and I do it myself. I like to just lay on mother earth and let her hold me for, for a little bit. <laughs> well, before I have to go out there and pretend that I'm taking care of other people. Uh oh, I lost you for just a second. You went away. <laughs> you went away. What happened? It's okay. When did I lose you? Um, you were saying like babies, like you go in your room and you lay down. Oh, just a minute. Or I'll lay on the ground. Um, and I and I'll tell my clients like I like to pretend because. I feel like there's a, this is another podcast I'd love to do with you. I just love to pick your brain is the nurturing. It's so hard to nurture others when you are not nurturing yourself and you're not nurturing yourself because there's a deep thing there of not feeling nurtured. And so laying on the ground, like earth for me is like, I'm going to let mother earth cradle me and nurture me for a little bit before I have to go out and pretend I know how to nurture others for everyone else. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I just, um, the other thing I really liked is how you were saying, like, you know, now I have a, a baby, so my mornings absorbs doing all of those things. And I think it's important for us just to kind of like recognize, like, these are just, they're all tools. You know, it doesn't need to be like a set in stone thing. Um, sometimes we do something really consistently for a while and then we, it tapers off. And then a couple months later, you know, we could be like, oh yeah, I did love sipping tea before I, I went to bed, you know, like, oh my gosh, I forgot I used to do that. <laughs> get one, huh? It's a fall yeah. one. Gets me excited for fall. Um, but just kind of recognizing that the more you have in your, in your toolbox, you know, you're not using all of them every single day, but the more you have available to you, um, I too sometimes like catch up with people like why I'm waiting in carpools or those types of things. And there's sometimes that that's very connecting to me. Right. And then there's other times that it's almost overwhelming because it's like, oh, I haven't responded to their text yet. I haven't gotten to this phone call yet. And so everything can be a tool or a weapon. Um, you know, if like having your morning meditating, that can be a tool until you start using it against yourself. I haven't done this yet. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I haven't, whatever the behavior is, but just kind of recognizing that it, self-care can also be stress recovery and that anything we use can be a tool or a weapon. I love that. We have to kind of be aware, like in, in charge, um, to recognize how we're using it. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you said with the transitional moments, when you're trying to find out, like you said, you do need to have a lot, be creative, practice them, become familiar what work works with you and be flexible that sometimes what works just like the seasons change. Um, and you mentioned a few ways to, um, so save the list of on your phone yeah. and make it your lock screen, keep a book around and handy. I always have a book in my purse or handy. I mean, I don't even know why I do it with the baby. I still do it just in case. Um, sometimes I'm without him. <clears throat> so, and make your favorite things accessible, which I love. I don't know if you ever read, um, oh gosh, I can't remember who it was. The 22nd rule. Was that from happy <sighs> some book, but like, if you can do it, oh within less than 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Who, Who was that? Is it, get, is it Gretchen Rubin? That's is, okay. So her name, it was, I'm like, is that Gretchen Rubin's yeah. one? Or all those happy books kind of, you know, they're all amazing. They are. Um, and yeah. like you said, I read them because I'll pick up one thing that now becomes a permanent thing in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love how these are called transitional tools because those transitional moments versus 
um, pivoting, you know, away from negative. I don't feel like this is for that. This is like um, connecting between things. And I love that, but, and how it is a form of self-care. I don't know, just, just you mentioning it because I've never even considered it or thought about it has changed just me being aware of it and what, because what I was doing was phone mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Because, um, the baby, it, that's a huge, I mean, it, we have a nine year break, mm -hmm. so big transition. And so I, I find myself, he goes down for a nap and I'm just like, Got it. Yep. I just need, a, I just need a minute because someone needs help with multiplication. Someone needs help with vocabulary. And, and I'm like, okay, we're going to take a breather. It's okay. If not, everything doesn't get done today. <laughs> so, um, you asked me some of mine. Yes. I'll share those because I helpful for people just to hear you know lots of different things yeah my brain already forgot um, so sorry about that no no so um I love my dog as you know I talk to my dog um but I kind of just he's really cute he's um a Mount Bernice and Poodle mix and so like he's like the epitome of like a stuffed animal that you're just drawn to <laughs> and so I just kind of make it a habit of like during the day when I see him I just stopped to just give him a quick little love, but that is like, it kind of brings me back to like, okay, like I'm here, I'm in this right now. Um, so that's definitely one of mine. Another one that I've started doing that's kind of a survival <laughs> tactic is, um, kind of like you described like your baby and your kids need help with math and vocabulary. And it's just constant. That is a huge trigger for me when there's too many things going on at once. And when I get really anxious, I get like angry, like I'm, I'm an anxious, I'm an angry, anxious person. <laughs> and so I can't tell you how many times I say to my kids, one person, two hands, like, give me a second. Um, and I'll even say out loud, like I am answering Tate's question right now. Like I will open your banana in a second. I see you, but one person, two hands. Um, and I kind of use that one a lot too, just for my own, like I say it in my head, because a lot of times there are so many things you're juggling that I have to remind myself, like one person, two hands right now, like this is what I'm doing. Um, so that's really helpful to me. Um, I have kind of transitioned to only wearing comfortable clothes. <laughs> and when I see something, my first question is, will I be comfortable in that? And, um, it's probably made my wardrobe very, very casual, um, but it's intentional and I love being comfortable, whatever. I mean, like today I've got on a skirt, like I can totally show up at my kid's school, but it is a comfortable skirt. Um, so that's probably one of mine. And I love audiobooks, like a huge love for audiobooks. And, um, I burned through them really quickly because I listen to them while I walk my dog and I listen to them while I run and I listen to them while I water my plants. And I try to, like, I just finished like a sci-fi book, which isn't like normally me. And I loved it. And then I'll probably move on to like Gretchen's Four Tendencies book next, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but keeping a variety there. Those are probably some of mine right now. I love that. Um, would you say... Well, the comfortable clothes one before I'm looking for, while I talk a book recommendation, if you could leave for listeners about uh, maybe if they're at the beginning of their self-care journey. Um, but the, I went to, a it wasn't a retreat. I went to a seminar with Byron Katie last year okay. and it's in Ojai, California, which is like this real, have you been there? No, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And um, everyone there is like on vacation, even the people who work there on vacation. And I looked around, I was wearing jeans and I looked around at everyone, every woman was wearing linen pants or flowy skirts. And I felt like I was in a prison and I realized like, like Rumi's quote, like, why do you, or is it Hafiz? Like, why do you stand in the prison when the door is open? Yeah. And the gates unlocked and I'm like, why am I wearing jeans in June? 
I love that. Everyone else is in linen. Yes. And they were free, but they had chosen it. And I'm like, I have some work to do when it comes to, but think of that, like beauty is pain and I have to fit in. And I'm like, I wear linen pants now. I wear, I've always been a skirt person, but like, I don't have any jeans and I love it. I love it. And I, so I were on board with the comfy why would you not be in comfortable clothes? (laughs) And I had a girlfriend once, like, would she say, like, I don't wear jeans. No one, why would you put that kind of negativity on me? (laughs) That was so funny. Exactly, I'm trying to throw off and get rid of, right? Uh, Like, why would you do that? But, um, so would you say even a few book recommendations? I know I'm kind of throwing this at you last minute, but like the beginning of their journey or maybe they're ready for a little bit more, either of those? Or both? Mm. A tough one, huh? It is a tough one. Um, so kind of two names that have already came up as we've been talking. So that's mm. probably why my books are on my mind. But I really like the assertive, Assertiveness Guide for Women by Dr. Julie Hanks. Oh. It talks about the top versus cot. And it's not self-care. Oh, is it a PDF? Um, it, so... Is it a no, book, book now? It's a book, but then she does have like downloadable PDFs. Okay, maybe that. that's, sorry, that's probably so, how I read it. Yeah, so it's a book, but then there like are kind of stops where it's like, okay, now you stop and like, here's a worksheet that can kind of help you explore this for yourself. Um, but assertiveness is such an important part of self-care. What's um, part of everything. And so like, as we were kind of talking about the like, martyr and sacrificing um so that one kind of came to my mind and then I also love Gretchen Urban um because one thing that I really look for in those types of books that I'm reading intentionally for self-care is just feeling good you know and um she has so after she did the happiness project she realized that so many of the things she she did during that time centered around her home. Then she took it and like specifically did it about her home. And, um, I loved that. It just like made you kind of have that feeling of like, it's okay. I'm okay. (laughs) Like we're just, we're in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really loved that, that one. And then I don't know the author. Ah, I should Google it right now. I don't have a Biden. Um, I'm just going to tell you the title. <laughs> and then maybe you can like. Yeah, I'll probably. It might, yeah. But it's for authors. And it is the, I don't even know the name. I can picture it. It's white, blue writing, the power of stillness. It's a mm. uh, Latter-day Saint, like the, it's a church book, but it's using mindfulness. Um, I haven't seen that. You talk for a second. I will Google it. So I'll, yeah. I'll take back on um, I forgot to mention when you t- we were talking about, as we wrap this up, um, hold on. My husband is right in the middle of my Target pickup. <laughs> the one I just, and the, I, found I found it. Oh, good. Okay. So it's the power of stillness. And it's coming up right now. And I'll tell you who it's by. Mindful Living for Latter-day Saints, and it's Jacob Z. Hess, I'm going to slaughter these names, Kyle Anderson, Ty Mansfield, and Carrie, oh, Carrie, I'm sorry, I can't say your last name, (laughs) S-A-A-R-D-A. Sardia. But I have really enjoyed it, too, just for, like, the grounding and just kind of that, like, choosing your transitions, choosing to be still. I really like that book too. So. Mm, I like that. Um, it keeps coming up and I keep forgetting. Um, so it must not be something I was supposed to share. So it was like all about transitional and self-care and then just totally floated out of my brain. But it's my husband has always done target pickup for me and this they won't let him this time, which is so weird. Because he's not listed as like 
I know it's totally random, but I'm all out of diapers. <laughs> so <laughs> this, is, this is important. We live an hour from like Target, Walmart, anything. And so. Well, let's, let's wrap up season call. Oh, it's, it's all good. <laughs> He's just frustrated. Um, I love that. Thank you for the book recommendations. Thank you for sharing this. I'm really excited for this. And um, I always know, um, I'm always impressed with, I started the podcast for my niece because she's like, I want to hear more of your stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'll just make it for her. Who cares if anyone else listens? And then hearing, you know, I think the right people hear it at the right time. And you never realize how much what you're going through is um, what other people are going through as well. And, um, and how helpful that is. And I, and um, I just, yeah, I think it's great. Um, uh, oh, I really had something there that I was going to, it was from a book. Um, well, I think it was helpful for me because I'm trying to put my baby on a schedule and putting him on a routine and looking at my own, um, how much I didn't, you know, babies, you, I was so routine when I had littles. Cause how old is your youngest? If you don't mind just turned three. Okay. So you're still in that, like there is a quiet time or nap time. There is, right. And, um, I'm much more efficient when there is a schedule. I'm just a person that I'm more comfortable. Maybe it's that anxious, angry. I'm more comfortable when I know what's coming and more comfortable when things are at a set time. And so I have enjoyed that that is going to be more a part of my life. At the same time, he's just barely seven months and he has a routine but not at set times yet and that's kind of driving me crazy (laughs) because he still naps three times a day and he's still eating and he goes to bed at the same time and wakes up at the same time but we're getting there we're we're getting there well and it's kind of as your kids get older they can have their schedule and you can you know kind of like make yours parallel to it but when you have a baby their schedule trumps right like when they need their nap, when they need to eat, you just have to go by their schedule. Yeah, it's like I'm, I am kind of in two different worlds right now. And um, so this is extremely helpful for me to reground. And like you said earlier, I am here. And I think that is such a, maybe even a, an, um, a verbal thing we can say in our mind or out loud to remind ourselves as we put on chapstick or put on lotion or or lay down for a minute. I am here. I am not a driver. I'm not a chef. I am not um, all of these things pulling me a certain way at work. I am still here. And I, and um, I love it. I don't think you even noticed that you said that. No, but now that you said that, I'm like, yeah, narrating our care um, and kind of doing that for ourselves. You know, when we feel that like frazzled energy kind of rise up because we're being pulled in a hundred directions, you know, sometimes just saying like, I am opening the banana right now. <laughs> They're frustrated because I'm not responding to them. They're laughing and the TV's way too loud. Like sometimes if we just think those things in our heads, um, you know, sometimes if we're feeling just, you know, cause those, those moments kind of explode, right? Like Things are just kind of like chill. Maybe you're even kind of like bored. And then all of a sudden it's just like this explosion and they don't last a long time, but they can be intense. And so sometimes even like, okay, it's nine 30 in the morning. I've gotten the olders on their work. You know, he's had his diaper changed. He's content. I'm making the bed. I want to brush my teeth. Like sometimes even just breaking that down into narrating what the heck we're doing um, can be really self-soothing. I think so. In a way that helps me get out of it. Even though I'm narrating it, you're not allowed to make it all about you. The kids are just yelling. They're not yelling because you're a horrible parent. You're never going to change. The kids are yelling, right? Like the TV's on. And I actually do that a lot. And it, it is really helpful. And, uh, I'm glad that 
I'm glad that you mentioned that. And my kids, I'll do that like all the time. I'll be like, he's going to sleep so good because he pooped and he feels so much better, you know? And, and at the same time though, I don't talk a lot when I get triggered with my kids. I'll kind of stop and they'll say, why aren't you saying anything? And I said, I'm just frustrated or I'm sad or I'm angry and um, not at you, you know, but narrating more where before I bottled it all up and tried to manage it all on my own. And that's how you end up exploding. <laughs> like you said, it's a small moment, but those add up and feel bigger than they are. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. Thank you so much. I think this is really, like you said, this is kind of new and, and, and I love it. So I think we, I, I'm grateful for you for sharing your expertise and I'll share real quickly one joke. Um, uh, I, you might've heard this, but there was a grandpa in a grocery store with a little toddler in the cart and the toddler was just screaming his head off and the grandpa's like it's okay William we're gonna do this we're gonna get through this it's gonna be okay we're almost there now we're checking out look there's only three more things and the baby's just screaming and the the checker said oh you are such a great grandpa and she looked at the little toddler she goes William you're doing great and he goes no I'm William <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> You've probably heard it before, but no, when you <laughs> um, that up perfectly. <laughs> we can do this. We're almost done. <laughs> and how important is that? Because like it really is just him, right? Like he's the grown up. He can be in charge of the situation and it, it really is him that needs that pep talk, right? Mm -hmm. There's only four more items. We're almost there. And, and that is true. Why is self-care so hard? Why is self-compassion so hard? Why could I easily give it to you a hundred times more than myself? Because that's what really matters is within. If it didn't, it would be easy peasy. And so I think that adding in this drizzle of, of transitional self-care in those moments is awesome. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you. And good luck getting your diapers. It's, out. it's, it always works out. It's going to be great. Okay. All righty. Well, thank so, you. Thank you. I love this. I'm going to cut the podcast right there.